Hey guys, happy Thursday. This week I interviewed Shay Count. She's a junior at Utica College. She was a freshman there when I was a senior. She was my stallmate, so we got to get really comfortable with each other and have some deep conversations, and I think that's what we're able to bring to the table today here with this podcast. Um, because I know her so well, she said, go ahead, ask me those hard questions. So you'll listen to her talk about things such as being adopted, her struggles her freshman year, and what she thinks this upcoming season has in hold for her and for her team. So I hope that you guys enjoy this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Go and give it five stars. Give it a review. Always love that. All right, here we go. Thank you. So, when you walked into the room when we were doing Dixon's podcast, you're like, what kind of questions? I said, juicy. You said, I don't want juicy. I want deep. Oh, God. So, I'm going to ask you some deep questions, and then just tell me if you don't want to talk about them. Okay. Okay, perfect. Right off the bat, first deep question, what was it like being adopted? Tell me about what it was like to be adopted and finding the sport later in life and how that all came and happened. Well, I was adopted when I was nine, and it was originally just by my mom. And I'm really open about it. It's not something that I hide, and I, I'm really proud of it, honestly, because my mom is my best friend, and I think a lot of my friends would say that like they see that in between me and my mom and I don't necessarily know if I would have been able to have that relationship with a mother if I wasn't adopted because it being later on in life I more saw it as like a best friend and like someone to go to as support and like a female role model and then I so I have two siblings and they're both also like adopted outside of it but she has been so supportive so ridiculously supportive and has always been very open and I don't think I would be where I was if I wasn't adopted or frankly if I was adopted by someone else because to jump in and say like I'm gonna adopt you and like let's let you play hockey which I think most people would say is the most one of the most expensive sports like that's a privilege I never would have been able to have if it wasn't for her and I am very appreciative of it, but like I said, like, I don't call her mom, but when I refer to her, I do, and then she got remarried. Oh, my God, I'm so bad at this stuff. I don't even know how to talk about it. You're okay. You're okay. Um, And she got remarried to a guy. His name's Brad. Him and I are very much just friends. Like, I don't, he never came in to my life as, like, a father figure. I think it was weird for him. My mom had always had foster kids, so she kind of knew that dynamic and that starting a relationship not at birth, and it kind of made it so, like, I had a man in the house growing up, but I never saw him as a father. I never did, like, that father-daughter thing, like, daddy's little girl. Like, I was never that, and I kind of hated him. I really, really hated him until I turned about probably 17, 18, and as I got older, like, I I was, because, you know, that thing where it's competition. Yeah. For my mom. Like, it's, it's, I originally, when I first met her, it was just her, but then when he came around, like, two years later, I was like, who the fuck are you (laughs) to come in and, like, steal her away from me? But we honestly, like, have a very good dynamic, three of us, we kind of figured out how to make it work, and... They always, my parents are always supportive in the manners of if I want to go see my family, I can, they'll pay for my ticket, they'll pay for my trip. 
and stuff like that. But honestly, I'm really grateful for it because I see where my biological parents are now, and I don't know where I would have been. I didn't know that you had two other siblings. So are they adopted in other families? Yeah, one of them is, is, so my, I'm the oldest. I have a middle brother who is going into his junior year. He, he's, he's autistic. We have a different father and he's on the JV basketball team and like they always pass him the ball at the end of the game. But I actually haven't seen him in probably 13 years. I like know about him and like I see friends with his family on Facebook. But with his disability, it just wasn't something that he could handle with everything else going on in his life. And then I have a rock star of a sister who's committed to want to play basketball. She's in between right now, so she's committed to one, but we're not we're not gonna talk about where she thinks she might decommit. But Ooh, okay. And it's weird because her and I have the same father. But it's she's younger than my brother. So it's like my dad kinda came in and out of our lives when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And her and I are super close. We I go see her every summer. She comes down to Colorado when we're playing when she has basketball and stuff and she got the good jeans, she got the long curly hair, she got the height, she got the skinniness. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she, honestly it's kinda crazy how well we all turned out. Just because you never know in that situation how you're going to turn out, especially wasn't since I wasn't adopted at birth. It could have we could have gone either way. Like it was a wild card, but honestly, I think we're all very grateful where we ended up. Wow! How did hockey come into the picture? Did you find it on your own? Was your adopted mom into it or what? So in Mont, we lived in Montana at the time, and. There was an NA3 team there, the Helena Bighorns, and my mom was a diehard fan. Bought all their jerseys and stuff, and they, she had never really, hockey wasn't big. She's from Cincinnati, Ohio, and it wasn't big, so she never really watched it until that was really the only thing to do in the winter, unless she wanted to go skiing in Montana. So she kind of got me into it, and it started with, like, I had a crush on these two boys on the team. And I named my first fish after them, James Schindler with my fish. And then I kind of was just like, I did horseback riding. She kind of made me do everything. I was I was in the rodeo when I was younger, but that was more like my biological side of the family. Was had like my grandparents have a ranch in Montana. So that kind of was something I did before I was adopted. And she very much was like, keep doing it. We'll do it as long as you want. And then I tried soccer and volleyball. And I think I just loved hockey. I always told her I wasn't a land animal. Like, I used to love swimming, too. So I would always be like, I'm just not a land animal. And that's, like, to this day, she'll, like, tell me, she's like, you've never been a land animal. I'm like, okay. But, and she just, I started with, like, learn to skate. And then when I was nine, the only girls team in Montana was a U19 team. So I played on the U19 team. And, like, I remember As a nine-year-old? As a nine-year-old, I was on the United team. How crazy. And obviously, like, I'm still not great now, so it was horrible <laughs> then. And all these girls were skating circles around me, and, like, my mom was happy, like, when I got a penalty. Because <laughs> she was like, at least they said her name for something. But, no, so I kind of, I started it pretty late, and then really it didn't really take off for me taking it serious until I went to Colorado, where there was more, a more stable girls program. And that was, like, when I 
was like, my mom was like, when we went to Colorado, you either need to pick that we're bringing your horse to Colorado or you want to play hockey. And so I just kind of picked hockey. And from there, it was, it was history. Is that the right word? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It was, it was hockey. <laughs> oh, boy. I never really thought, like, I don't know. Hockey, when I was younger, I would never. Like, I honestly, when I was younger, I was so sheltered into, like, uh not a great life where I just had never even probably watched a hockey game before or even know if I knew like I can't remember right now if I knew but like if I even knew that that was an option for me to play because it was always boys playing when I watched it but yep I was originally a Helena Bighorn. So how was Colorado how was playing there? At first it was good I really liked my team I really made like my core group of friends in hockey when I was playing in Colorado and I Three of them we played together until we graduated and went to Minnesota and Alaska together. And hockey wasn't super big. And my first year I played on there was the Colorado Lynx. And we were purple, jer- like, few, like bright purple jerseys and black. And then eventually we moved, like, we moved to the Rough Riders, which is a boys program in Colorado. And that was good for a while. And Colorado is really good for, like, development in the beginning they're really good young like their u12 teams are good they're recently started like mixing boys and girls practices just to get the girls that extra edge because you know boys like it pushes you so much more you don't want to look bad in front of them so that like it definitely helps me as a developmental stage where there's there's a lot of hockey in colorado for boys so there's good coaching but as you get older, it starts to get worse. Because you, you know, I mean, you went to New Hampton. There's a couple of girls from New Hampton that go to New Hampton that from Colorado. And so when I turned 16, it was kind of time to, like, move out of Colorado if I wanted to go anywhere. Just because in Colorado, well, anything west of Missouri, there's no Division Three hockey or Division One hockey. It's all club. And so for exposure, I was like, you know, Okay, I'll go to Minnesota. Kind of sort of followed a boy, but <laughs> I had a couple options, and that was, and that's, so then I went to Minnesota, played there for like a year and a half, and from there I went to Alaska, which was super cool. That was, that was easily probably the best year of hockey for me, with my senior year. It was super fun. Were you going to a boarding school in Alaska, or were you playing club and, like, billeting? I played club and I billeted. How was that? That was fun. So I only played in Alaska from, like, November. So I didn't do the first, like, month or two of the season with them. And I came in. They were so welcoming. Like, one of the coolest things about Alaska is I hadn't even played a game with Alaska before I was committed to Utica. So she, like, just made the call, and I sent him film, and then from there I was committed. Like, and that's when I knew. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. Like, this woman hasn't met me. Like, she doesn't really know my character. She know like, the assistant coach knew me ahead of time, but he was from Minnesota and only came to games in Alaska and only had tournaments out of state, and she really just hooked it up for me. Like, I went there. She... Only thing I paid for was my travel. Like, I never paid team fees because at first I didn't really live there when I first started playing with them. And then I went there in January and lived with the captain on the team. And 
I got to experience Alaska where, like, the winter in January, it's freaking dark all day. <laughs> like, all day long. Like, I'm like, how do you people wake up to your alarm clock when it's dark out? But then I, we ended up, we were, we were a pretty good team. We got third at nationals, and that was super exciting because, I mean, that's not something everyone gets to experience. I mean, it wasn't first, but... I still think we could have. We beat the first place team in districts. So I think, I think, that, I think that counts for something personally. But then I, the coolest part was spending the summer out there. I, where it doesn't get dark at all in the summer. So we would like go boating and four wheeling at like four in the morning. How crazy. And, stop. and that was super cool. And it was like, it was at their lake house. So you get a, you get a mixture of people in Alaska. You get like, you're very fancy, nice, like normal kind of people. And then you get like, your scary people. Like Alaska State Troopers is real. <laughs> like, really? Just, yes. Like people, we would be four wheeling super late and like all of a sudden we'd like go past one house and then like turn around and come back and he'd be like on his porch with a shotgun. And I'm like, whoa. And like the girl's grandfather, had some his four-wheeler or something was stolen so then for like five nights he laid on the couch right by the front door with his shotgun in his lap and he's like that's just how we do it here i'm like that's just not how i do it <laughs> but that was the last was super fun and that's really one of the only coaches i really keep in contact with she texts me all the time like she just was like a mother figure because she was an older coach her two daughters you might know them. Do you know the Hickles? No, I don't think so. They they would have been in your district, but her daughter played at Duluth and Northeastern. And so everyone just saw her as a mom. Like, she had two daughters that were 20, and it was like, you never mouth off to a mom. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not your mom, at least. But she was super fun, super welcoming. Those girls were probably the nicest girls I've ever played with. Like, I've never been on a team where there was just absolutely no drama. Like, I can't think of one time in the five months I played with them that there was drama. Like, they just did, like, it just worked for them. Like, I don't know if they're just nicer there. Like, I don't know. It was it was crazy. It was a crazy experience. And my mom still sometimes will, like, call me crying about it. Like, I can't believe you. Like, not a lot, but we'll talk about it. And she's yeah. like, I can't believe. Like, at first I was so hesitant to send you there because that was so far away. Like, that's not drivable for my mom realistically I think it's like two days or something and she was like I was so nervous but like the moment I talked to that woman I knew it was the right place and for now I, I want to go back I'll go back there and visit them they invite me back every summer so I'm like I gotta get up there one summer I'm not fucking working <laughs> so she the coach there helped you find Utica so I had gotten an email from Jackie in October, and I answered, and she never really said anything back. Like, she was just like, because Ashley Theory, I knew who used to coach at Utica, and said that, like, they got my name from Ashley Theory, and that they were interested, blah, blah, blah. And then I just answered her back, like, saying I was interested, and I never got a response. And, like, she'd never seen film or anything, and Jackie had never seen me play, and so I told Christy where I was interested, and she was like, oh, I'll make the call. And then I'm just guessing Jackie had a lot of people, you know, let's mm-hmm. talk to some of the people. But, yeah, she called Clawson. She went right to Clawson, and she didn't know Jackie. And then 
her in class and, like, had this friendship. He came out to Alaska the next summer. Oh. Yeah. He came out to Alaska and did, helped her with a showcase, and then his daughter came, and then they kind of talk now. But, yeah, she kind of helped me with Utica for the most part. And I can't say if Utica would have happened if it wasn't for her, just because I was talking to him before that. So that's kind of up in the air whether that was there. But I give her the credit for it. <laughs> she saved me from the awkwardness. I was so awkward with Clawson in Alaska, I wouldn't say a word to him. Really? Like, yes, I don't know why, but I am kind of shy. If it's someone I feel like I want them to like me or if I'm nervous, like what their thoughts are of me, I'm pretty shy. And he's kind of shy, too. Yeah, and I, like, went up to him and talked to him, and I was so embarrassed. And he was with the Nichols coach and the Trinity coach sitting at the table. And I go up, and I was like, hi, coach, how are you? But apparently I, like, said it in this very, like, screeching voice. Like, hi, coach, how are you? <laughs> I was so He's Like, I didn't say a word to him the rest of the time. As you probably thought I was, like, like weird she probably still does but yeah it was really bad and then I was super nervous to come into Utica after that I told my mom like mom like the first time I talked to him I sound like an idiot <laughs> but yeah this was good though so then let's talk about your freshman year your yeah I know big eyes <laughs> How was it coming in and, you know, kind of having to serve your freshman role of, like, sitting out a little bit more and not getting as much playtime? Like, how did you mentally deal with that? Well, my freshman year was crazy because I had a crazy relationship going on. I wasn't – kind of with me and a couple players were trading on and off um, first semester, and – I mean, I expected it a little bit. It's hard when you feel like you worked hard in practice and you don't play. But I, I knew freshman year I was coming in as a lower-end freshman, not one of the better ones, and I accepted that. And But it doesn't make it easy. Like, you can accept it, and you're still like, fuck this, fuck that. Like, it's horrible. And I played my first, like, six games and then didn't play the rest of first semester. And that was really hard. Like, it really started to take a toll on me. And then I I think it started to take a toll on me more mentally and just outside of hockey. And I was just always exhausted. I was always just not in a good mood. And that kind of turned into me not going to class. And I ended up being, I'll admit it, I was ineligible my second semester. So who knows if I would have got more playing time or not. We'll never know. But after that, I... I honestly got a lot closer with the upperclassmen, and I think I gained a lot of respect from Clawson. Like, as a freshman being eligible your second semester, I think the easy solution to that would have been to transfer. Because I could have easily transferred to a different team, and I could have played at a different team. And I could have played that semester. I wouldn't have been ineligible at a different school. It's just because NCAAs is, I think... I don't, I think most of NCAA, your freshman year is all kind of like a freebie. Mm-hmm. But then after by your sec, first semester or sophomore year, you have to have a 2.0. So I could have done that, but I really like, I liked the group of girls here. Like I really like my class. Like we're close, we hang out, like we have fun together. 
And my mom was like, you know, I don't really, my mom and I talked about it briefly, like, does it make sense for me to transfer just for a semester so I can play? But I also think I, I needed that semester off a little bit because I came back my sophomore year, in my opinion, like a different player. I had just had a lot more confidence and I worked hard in the summer and it, I think it was nice to not come off the season mad because I was mad in January when I found out I wasn't eligible but say I would have played second semester and if I never played I think I would have been mad at that point to have not have played at all but also I would have got it I just would have been mad yeah I would have understood where he was coming from but it put a ton of a fire under my ass not being ineligible and realizing that not only do I need to become a better player for him like I need to show him that like I'm a stable human (laughs) and not a 1.5 isn't something that I was used to. And I remember when he told me about it, he was like, yeah, I was a little surprised. Like, you seem to have a sh- good shoulder on your heads. And I'm like, well, look at that. What a surprise. I'm not stable. <laughs> but I, like, obviously wish I was eligible, but I do think it kind of turned out to be the, the best that it could have been for me with the fact that I was ineligible because – him and I were able to have a good talk that, you know, like, he admitted, he was like, I know you could have left, but, like, it shows me a lot that you didn't. And, like, I kind of became team bitch a little bit second semester, especially after you left, because then it was just me, like, Miranda, and it was like, I brought everything in, I set up all the sticks, but it was kind of my punishment. I needed a punishment, <laughs> and I think that that was my punishment. But I was glad that he, he still let me come to practice and do – that stuff, which was good, because I think if I wasn't allowed to be around the team at all, it would have been a lot harder to come back my sophomore year. Yeah. Well, I like what you said, that it lit a fire under your butt, because I do think you came back, like, you got your grades back up, you came back in much better shape, and you were ready to go, and I think that gained the respect of a lot of people. No, that, that that was very true, but also very much needed, because I don't think that if I would have came back with, like, faster running time, 300 times, like, um, heavier weights on my maxing and stuff that he probably would have just overlooked me my sophomore year. I mean, any coach probably would have because mm-hmm. it's like she can't get her grades right and now she doesn't even want to take hockey seriously. But I knew that, like, I needed to figure one of those out for him to really respect me. So I think... I think it turned out about as well as it could have. Do you think that the college atmosphere had anything to do with it? Because a lot of people do go to college. It's their first time away. Obviously not your first time away. But you have a lot more freedom than you had before. Do you think it's difficult to balance that athletic, academic lifestyle? Honestly, I think it was more from my habits from high school. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to be honest, I didn't go to class ever. (laughs) I did when I was in Minnesota because it was like a private Catholic school and it was connected with my team. So they would call my coach anytime I didn't show up. But in high school, I mean, I never played high school hockey except for like we have spring high school hockey in Colorado. But I never played high school hockey. So anything that was happening at school, my coaches didn't know about. Only my mom did, and she was, I just didn't, like, I never went to class my senior year. Like, I just did my homework and turned it in when I needed to. And I think it was more that transition of, oh, shit, you have to go to class. Because that was what a lot of my grade issues were. Like, I lost a lot of points on that, and, like, 
professors weren't going to budge with me at all when they saw that I missed 21 of each class. Like, I really missed a lot of class, and I, I, maybe it was, like, the fact that I was exhausted all the time trying to balance everything, that that's why I didn't ever want to wake up. Mm-hmm. I really think, I think it's more my habits from high school were so bad, and it wasn't necessarily learning how to balance all of it, because I co- always had college work and hockey. Like, that has always been something since I was 15 that I was expected to do, and it was just that transition of, participation counts mm-hmm. where in high school it's turn in your grade turn in your homework turn in your papers and do your tests and if you do a good job on them they're not gonna bug they're not gonna bug you about your attendance at least in my school <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking forward to with your junior year i'm honestly kind of excited about the like i'm not excited that we're not playing games because i would love to play games but i really think that if you have a group of girls that want to work hard, that these next three months where we don't have games can be giant development. Because Clawson won't have to focus so much on, like, what power play we're going to run, what this we're going to run. It can be more like, these group of girls need to work on this, that group of girls need to work on this. And it can be more directed to how you can become a more skilled player. And I think that if that's the direction that it goes, that it can be really helpful, because we're young. We're really young. We have 11, 12 girls coming in, including a transfer who's going to be a sophomore. And then we have nine kids in our sophomore class. So we're really young. I think upperclassmen, we only have eight. Yeah. Eight or nine for juniors and seniors. And we only have two seniors. So I do think that, like, in this position, we have a good age range right now where Probably development is a lot of what we're going to need. So I think if we, I mean, last year, I think we had a good sophomore, good freshman class come in that wanted to work hard. And I think if these group of girls are the same, that the upperclassmen are here to do it. They've been here for two years. I think a lot of girls are still pissed off on how last year went. And so I think it's going to be a big year of proving ourselves. And I think needing those first three months to focus on our skills will allow us to prove ourselves more when we start playing games. Because honestly, last year we lost some games that we probably shouldn't have and some games that really, I think, affected our overall reputation as a program. And not necessarily that we're seen as now the bottom, but like we were seen more as a top team, and now I think we're seen as like a wild card. Like they can be good or they cannot. And so I'm excited for the chance to prove ourselves and be get back to where maybe we were before my class came in or even my year. I mean, we had my freshman year. I didn't play every game, but the first 10 games we were undefeated, and that was like, a, I think it was nine actually, and that was a record for Utica. And so that was pretty cool, and I think that we need to get back onto that step. And if we get back onto that step, I think think we'll have a fun year and a good year but so far we've met everyone and they seem good they're they're a little quieter than the other my class I feel like was and maybe our freshman class but sometimes that's better maybe we need that maybe we need some quiet (laughs) it'll quiet everyone else down but no it'll be a good group like this group of girls honestly like they don't seem like they want to, like, they want to experience college, yes, but, like, they don't seem like they want to party hard all the time. Like, mm-hmm. they seem like they want to play hockey and that 
I mean, their first day they got to Utica, they all went on a rollerblading trip, like a six-mile rollerblading trip. So, like, to me, that's, like, that's a good sign because they were probably exhausted from moving, but instead they were, like, let's go work out and let's go get better and better ourselves as players. So, I I mean, when I saw that, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe we can do this. We can turn it around from last year a little bit. Yeah. No, that's a great sign. Where's your transfer from? Wilkes, actually. Oh, wait, I knew that. Someone told, I think you told me that before I got here. Yeah. She's from New Hartford. So she's from this area. It's funny, the girls I nanny all know her because she played lacrosse too. Okay. But yeah, we skated with her the other day. She, you know, she looks, she looks good. Like she, she looks really good. I mean, Wilkes is a lower end team. So I mean, I don't think anyone knew what to expect because she skated and She's got good hands. She can pick corners. I think she scored a couple goals in our scrimmage. And she was the biggest sweetheart ever. Like, we kind of intruded on her ice time. And she was very welcoming to us, even though we are kind of welcoming her, too. It was, it yeah. was a weird dynamic because it was her ice time, but, like, it was her new team mm-hmm. that she was meeting for the first time. But, no, she's super... She's super nice, and she's and she talks. I like talk. Like I like when people will like have a conversation when they first meet you. Are outgoing, yeah, yeah. So you and Lexi live together, and Lexi's like pretty much your best friend at Utica. And it was a little difficult for both of you guys. What would you say to people when they want to live with their best friends? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it like can get overwhelming? I think that if you both, honestly, I think that our personalities are too similar. Like when we're having a good time and like in a good mood and like want to hang out with each other, it's really good. But you know, like as 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 a girl, as a human, probably sometimes you're just not in the mood. And if you're both just not in the mood and you have the same personality, you're going to be at each other's throats. But I also think that a lot of girls could have been like, okay, we're not going to be friends if we're moving out. And I was a little afraid of that, not on either one's part, like not that she was going to unfriend me or that I was going to unfriend her, but just because you don't know what that mm-hmm. dynamic's going to look like after, because like it is, like it's obvious, like I moved out, like, and it was just easier for me to move out because she was going to be a senior. Like, it made no sense for her to move out for a year. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just made more sense for me to move out. And I, I mean, we hang out with each other most days still. We see each other. We have classes together. And I think that was our big issue. Because first semester last year, Lexi and I had every class together, hockey together, and lived together. So it was like... 24 7 and it's like and it's kind of like a sister in the manners we're together 24 7 we're gonna butt heads and for our sanity we need to have some space (laughs) and even this semester we have classes together granted a couple of them are she's online when i'm in person and she's in person when i'm online but i just i think it'll make it so like we can have our own space like she's the one thing she's different on me, she likes to do her own thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm very much a people person. I'm like, if I go grocery shopping, like, I want someone to come with me. Like, I love, like, having people around all the time. But when she's trying to get her shit done, she doesn't. Because she just focuses more when she just focuses on what she needs to get done by herself. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing. But now we kind of have that, like, separation, the manner that when she's trying to get shit done, like, she can get her shit done and 
when I'm having a bad day or she's having a bad day, like, we don't have to see each other. But when we want to have fun, we want to hang out, we still do that. We go golfing, get dinner, we do different stuff together. So I think it'll go back to, like, how it was our freshman year where we were attached at the hip, just didn't live together. Yeah. And now you're in a house with you and three other girls on your team. Do you think you're going to get overwhelmed with all the hockey girls all the time? Honestly, I don't think so because my roommates aren't here, but they can probably um, confirm this. I am never here. <laughs> like, I, I finally have a couple of days off, but, like, I really only see them when I'm coming home for meals or coming home to get clothes. Like, the last two days, I've seen them each once. Like, I don't think I didn't see Serena at all yesterday because I work so much, and part of my job is I do a lot of overnights, so I'm just, I'm not here. So I really don't think that I'll get too overwhelmed. Like, I think it would have been the same if I was with Lexi and I was doing this job as much as I'm doing it now, where we just wouldn't have seen each other as much. But I don't think, and Serena goes to her boyfriends a lot. Well, Eric, I say you're her boyfriend as if you don't know him. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think it'll be good, and we're all on different schedules, honestly, and I think it'll be it will be interesting as we're kind of getting into the year where everyone's here, and especially if we transfer online to all online, like I think we'll all be here a lot more. But really, I think with roommates, as long as you give each other their space and their be break them. I'm eating chocolate. Okay, so I had one last wild card question for you. I know now you're looking into going into real estate, but before you were looking at law, and so I was like, oh, I'll ask her some law questions. I Googled, like, hockey lawsuits, and there's one that's going on right now. Have you heard anything about the Daniel Carcillo thing? Mm-mm. Okay, so there's two different, like, parts to it. One has to do with, like, being a fighter and, like, all of his concussions and everything. And the second one has to do with hazing within the sport. And mm-hmm. so he, like, lists, like, a ton of stuff. He's going against the Canadian Hockey League, saying that they didn't protect their players from hazing and everything. Do you think that there's a lot of hazing within the sport? Do you think that there should be some more rules to protect players from that? I have honestly never feel like I've never been hazed. Like, I'll be honest, like, I really don't think I have, and I don't know if it's because that's more of, like, a, a male's environment, that they're just a little harsher on each other. They're, like, chugging, chugging, mm-hmm. or where girls are a little more sensitive, and I think we all know that about each other. But, I mean, I'm a big fan of a little bit of hazing there and there. Nothing horrible, and I should be careful what I say because I know I'll get a text later. But Well, at Utica, we have, like, the freshmen have to pack up all the sticks for the away things and stuff like that. Like, that's a little bit of hazing, but that's not, like, anything bad. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm all for, like, you have to do a little bit more as a freshman because I think it's earning your spot. Like, if you... You don't just come in and be respected, and we'll respect you if you work hard and stuff like that, and if you just do the couple things that you're asked and without a fuss and, like, making a big deal out of it. But, I mean, I do know there are some crazy hazing stories. Like, I've heard some crazy stories, and I'm definitely not for that, but I really think with, at least in our team and probably a lot of other girls' teams and, like, what my friends say, there's there's not really a lot. Like, I mean, we do a scavenger hunt as a team, and... The freshmen have to drive. That's really probably the extent of it. Like, the, 
they just have to drive and maybe they don't want to drive, they have to drive. <laughs> but I don't, I mean, I, I haven't really heard anything about the, the case or anything like that, but I know that there's probably some hazing around the world that needs to stop. But I really don't think, and like at least in the Utica environment, from what I hear from the boys and from my side on the girls' team, that that's really a problem where we are. Yeah, but I, I really don't. Yeah, like I feel like I just don't. I maybe like I said because I'm a female playing the sport. I feel like girls just don't really haze as much. But my mom says, like in her sorority, they do. So maybe it's just us. But Clawson is also very much like that is not something that he accepts and lays that law down very early. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if a different coach weren't to lay that law down, if things would be different or not. I think the only hazing I got my whole entire hockey career was like my freshman year. They made us like they put us in groups of two and we had to finish a whole 30 rack in like a certain amount of time. But that was about it. And that's really yeah, not that like, bad. And I don't even feel like we do that. Mm-mm. We're not too bad. No, not at all. This, um, I was talking to Tyler about it, and he's like, yeah, it's not really, like, that big of a thing until you get up into the higher levels and higher leagues. Like, really? And it's not, those, it's like, not as much of a thing in college, I feel like, because, like, the NCAA and all the colleges are really, really on top of their shit. But I could see, honestly, coming out of, like, boredom, like, the boys in, that play in, like, the Canada leagues, like, most of them, like, at least, like, they dated a kid in the dub, and they don't go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, most of them are. A couple of them, if they're younger and they're pretty good players, they're still in high school and will graduate their first year. But I feel like maybe that's part of it. Because the guy I dated, he did say, like, they would play, like, this game where the, the rookies had to, like, run around, like, the downtown. He's in, um, I don't remember where he's playing. He's still playing there. But... They had to, like, run around downtown, and the vets had to, like, find him, and if, like, he got found, like, something happened. I don't even remember what happened. But I could see it out of, like, almost boredom, because they're not doing anything else. Yeah. And it's, but I really think boys are just a little harder. Like, like they're just a little harsh. Like, I mean, I don't know how, like, boys treat the freshmen when they come in, but, yeah, like, I think it's just, like, I think it's just really out of good fun, and then it's, that one person that crosses the line sometimes, not necessarily our team, but just in general. Yeah. And I almost wonder if, like, not to say that it's irrelevant because I'm sure that there's stuff that's going on, but the seasons that Daniel Carcillo was saying he was, like, hazed in were back in, like, 2000 to 2003, which is, like, 17 years ago. So everything has developed so much since then. So I wonder how much it's, like, still prevalent. Well, and I, like, when you think about it, like, I, like, my mom went to college years ago, and a lot of, like, she said she kind of had a lot when she she was in a sorority, but I really think that, like, there's so much about, like, mental health and, like, treating people better and just being kind that it's, like you said, it's developed over the years where it's just kind of became unacceptable to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you know it's unacceptable, you just don't do it. Where before it was probably kind of kept under the belt, like not really talked about. But I think, I don't know, hazing here and there isn't horrible. Yeah. Well, it depends what it is. If it's good fun, like, and but like like we said, it walks a a thin line. It all it takes is line. one all person. It takes is, yeah, all it takes is one person to cross the line. Mm-hmm. 
but also it takes someone to shut that person down if they do. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is just having, if there is someone that crosses the line, having someone to, like, back them up and be like, hey, that's not cool. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what I think probably has developed the most is the fact that people are just able to stand up for it. I mean, you can't tell me that years ago they didn't all know it was wrong. Mm-hmm. They just didn't want to say anything. But that's that's my idea of hazing. <sighs> oh, I bring more. <laughs> Uh, those are all my questions for you.